This is their new hoax. But you know, we did something that's been pretty amazing. We're all feeling the impact of coronavirus. Today, Qantas stood down 20,000 people, and of course, they're joining a long list. If I get corona, I get corona. At the end of the day, I'm not going to let it stop me from partying. Well, why, why the big secret? People are smart. They can handle it. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Welcome to Nursing Review's new podcast. Each episode, we'll look at a different aspect of the pandemic, tackling myths, talking research, and keeping you informed. Right, and then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost... My name is Connor Burke, and this is the Nursing Review Coronavirus Podcast. Mere weeks ago, us Australians were fairly smug. Next to New Zealand, we were looking like the best country to be living in during this pandemic. Numbers of new cases were approaching the single digits and states were quick to open back up after a couple of hard months of lockdown. Fast forward today to the 9th of July and with Melbourne in turmoil and about to enter a second lockdown of six weeks, we have to ask, did we rush to come out of isolation? We could also ask if we were so close to single digits, could we have gone the New Zealand route and gone for total technical elimination of the virus? Joining me to discuss this is Will Mackey, Senior Associate from the Grattan Institute. Will, thanks for joining us. G'day, Connor. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Um, maybe slightly better than you. We were just talking before that you, you are based in Melbourne and you co-wrote an op-ed and you've basically stated that now with the crisis in Melbourne is the time to change course and try for eradication. Could you explain your thinking? Yeah, sure thing. So we, we've written this op-ed to say that the Victorian government and the National Cabinet uh, together should pursue an elimination strategy for COVID-19 in Australia. What that means is kind of get cases down to zero, have that the, the number of cases at zero for a couple of weeks and then start to open up. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is interesting that you, this is all coming up now. Obviously, it seems like we're experiencing a second wave. Um, I think a lot of the argument for opening back up was economic hardship. And I think it's fair to say that globally, we're going to experience um, most likely recessions all around the world. Should we have had the courage to stay locked down longer? Because surely going backwards now will hurt us more economically. So this pandemic is devastating economically. Economically isn't the only way we should think. We should think about kind of lives lost and the health and well-being of everyone. But economics is a major concern. But the problem with this pandemic is the pandemic itself. That's what causes the majority of economic loss. Uh, it's not um, it's not just lockdowns that are driving driving economic loss. It's it's the pandemic. It's people's perceptions, people's perceptions of risk. Uh, they're scared to go out to the shops. They're not making travel plans. Uh, they're not doing the things that they would normally do because the virus is around. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'll I'll play devil's advocate for a minute here. Um, What do you say to the idea that more lockdowns will see people die from suicide, from health conditions that they don't have seen to, etc.? So there is, there there may be some some loss of life. There may be some, some health consequences from the lockdowns themselves. But the counterfactual, and we have to think about what is, you know, we can't just have a scenario in which, the, 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 the coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic didn't exist. The counterfactual is 
that we let the virus rip through Australia uh, until we achieve some sort of herd immunity. Uh, that herd immunity is about 60% of people uh, at some rough estimates. So that's about 15 million Australians getting coronavirus. Uh, that's enormous loss of life, the normal kind of long-term health issues from the virus. Mm -hmm. uh, so given that's the, that gets a, that's a kind of the other option, um, we must find a way to reduce cases to a manageable level. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, as, as we kind of were going, coming towards the end of the first lockdown, um, I'm based here in New South Wales, the um, pundits, a lot of pundits um, and politicians said that we must open back up for that economy um, and we must, like you say, have a manageable amount. Um, why did we not hear the, the count? We didn't really hear too many of the counter argument that maybe we should stay down for the long term well-being of the, of the economy, because as we've seen with schools, every time a case happens at a school, the school shuts down. And I know lots of people aren't back at offices yet, but I know that as soon as one person gets it at an office, they'll have to shut an office down. So why was nobody really spruiking that um, long-term argument? Well, I, I would like to say that we uh, at Grad Institute have been kind of pressing this elimination strategy um, arguments you know, in February and March and in April. Um, but putting kind of putting that aside, what we've seen in Victoria now is what happens. This is kind of, this is life under a suppression strategy. Mm -hmm. People go back to relative normal as there are very few cases around, but because there are those cases around, the virus can spread. And this virus, given the chance, will spread. And so this is, this is, this is life. This is what we should expect while people return to normal. Uh, while, while there is the virus around. Mm -hmm. um, and this is disastrous as well for the economy. It is disastrous for jobs. It's disastrous for businesses who can't look forward six weeks or eight weeks or two months and kind of make those business investment decisions. They don't know whether or not to open their doors to keep stuff on, et cetera, because we may be in lockdown in two months. Mm -hmm. People can't make travel plans. You know, people can't go on holidays. They, they can't kind of return to a normal domestic life or a, a normal life within Australia because there is this uncertainty um, around what life will be like in two months. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something with a, an elimination strategy, although there is a greater investment in lockdown. So we spend more time in lockdown now. But once that's finished, once it's gone, we can kind of start to rebuild. We can kind of start to go back to normal. In in Western Australia, they can have uh, Western Australia, New Zealand. They can have uh, uh, like music venues. They can have cafes and bars and restaurants open. Uh, schools can be open, and people are sure that schools will be open, so they can plan around that. With this suppression strategy, uh, we just don't have that certainty. We, we're uncertain. The future is uncertain which means the economy, people in the economy can't actually plan uh, safely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it tends to be economic rationalists who have the argument to open up quickly for the economy. So I guess what you're trying to say is that the, a, a, true, um, a person who is truly looking out for the economy would be looking for an elimination strategy because that would be for the long-term benefit of the economy. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there have been, uh, there have been quite a number of, prominent Australian economists who have argued for these very strict, very harsh lockdown measures to get the virus under control, to get rid of it, uh, so the economy can bounce back. 
mm-hmm. so we can return to normal. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I thought was quite interesting as we were in the grips of the first wave, shall we call it, was that the, the, when the PM made his nightly address and when he often talked about lockdown, he stressed that we can't go back. He, uh, and he coupled that with kind of saying that we need to get out from behind the rock. And I thought they were both interesting ways of talking about it, because when he said that we can't go back, it was almost kind of a, a threat to make us try and do the right thing. But I think that maybe he has painted himself into a corner because, um, you know, he said that we're not going to go back to a nationwide lockdown. So can we go backwards now if things get worse? And I think it might be inevitable now. We've seen cases in the ACT where previously they had zero cases. I think it's inevitable now that New South Wales will get a few more cases. Um, do you envision the PM change in his mind? I don't think the Prime Minister will or necessarily should change his mind about a nationwide lockdown. I think the states are in really good positions to make those decisions for themselves. Like we've seen, you know, in Melbourne, things are getting out of control. The city should be locked down. That's the only way we can maintain control of the virus. But that doesn't have a direct implication on Perth, for instance. And Perth shouldn't be locked down. It shouldn't be put under the same measures. So I think the Prime Minister, you know, is right to say it's kind of up to the states. What they do need to do and what he and the National Cabinet need to do is to be explicit and say that our strategy is an elimination strategy, that lockdowns in places where there are active cases will go on for a little bit longer uh, to to really get rid of the virus, hopefully once and for all. Without really kind of trying to ram home the economic argument, but is the reason why Australia hasn't considered or um, out loud considered elimination because of the economy? I think there's, I mean, there's lots of reasons. Well, there are a few reasons why elimination for some people has been off the table. Some people think it's just too hard. Uh, they don't, they don't see New Zealand or Western Australia or other places as kind of routes that we can take. They think it's too hard, and so suppression is better. It's also a really, it needs really strong leadership uh, from premiers, from the prime minister, uh, from the from the national cabinet to say when we've had zero cases for three days uh, that everyone must continue to stay inside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really hard. So the political choice there is, is, is difficult, but I think, and this is where the Melbourne lockdown is a really good opportunity, is I'm, I'm here in Melbourne, I know that it sucks. But <laughs> it is, it's a terrible spot to be in, um, there's been some really good work, you know, around writing about people's experiences going back into lockdown. Um, this is not a way that that is it's not a kind of sustainable way for people's well-being or you know the, or, or, or for, for the economy. Um, so we might actually want to we do have this opportunity now to say this is life under a suppression strategy. Do we want to take a different approach? Is maybe uh, uh, staying in lockdown? while there are very few cases around, worth it for the future. And I think this Melbourne lockdown has opened the door for that discussion mm-hmm. once again. Well, Will, it, it's a really interesting idea. Um, it's a shame it's had to crop up in this circumstance. Hopefully the next time we speak, uh, Melbourne will be in a lot better situation. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks very much, Connor.